0: All right, we're on. Um, cool. I saw um, saw Clint Miller back bat last really? month at, his, at a state race. Do you still talk to him?
1: I chat with him a little here and there, but not that much actually. He's for the for the longest time he was he wasn't on social media, and now uh, no, he is. So I see him on Facebook and that, and what, follow his stuff, chat a little bit. He's cool, man. He's a he's a He's an old school dude, nice
0: guy. Yeah, I never really met him. Um, I think when I came here in the '90s, you guys were—I don't know if you was, but I know you were still A, But um, well, you was, was kind of back in double a a little bit. There was kind of vet, the first vet pro class when I think he was, they were on cruises. Yeah, so I think he might have been. he might have been. I think he reached a little bit of that. Yeah, but yeah, it was pretty pretty cool to uh, meet and talk to him. seemed a very nice guy. Uh, I know I've asked you yeah. a million times when you got. When you got second behind him in uh, Slag Horror in 83 Worlds, <laughs> was, you pissed? was you pissed or were you okay?
1: Um, it was a double emotion. I was super pissed off because it was like... Uh, I'm not making excuses. The guy smoked everybody. But it was like one of these deals where I got lane eight in the main and the gate is like almost tilted to where lane one is even closer to the first turn. And then they have these lines that you can't move over. So it's like those are like a quarter of the way to the first turn so uh, he had a great start I came from the outside behind him got second I was pissed off but when I knew it was Clint I mean literally like after you're done with the race and you think you're like dude if anybody was going to beat me I'm so glad it was him because he's deserving you know he was a great rider he never had any controversy he was super cool and he won the world championships in 1983 so that's I was happy for him, you know. Yeah,
0: and he rode for you, didn't he? Didn't he ride for you after that? a Couple of years later.
1: Yeah, he rode for GHP for <clears throat> a little while, which was kind of cool. So we we uh, we had a lot. You know, he used to come over to my house and do gates and practice, and uh, you know, we would practice and then we'd go race each other. And I I never ever once ever had any issues with him on the track. He was just super cool.
0: Yeah, super rad. You can go through a career racing somebody that you actually never have yeah. any, uh, I mean, AA normally, at least, you know, the amount, the amount we used to race, and I think you race more than we did, you always have episode pretty much with everybody that, in the top 10, 20, didn't you, you know, <laughs> at some point? Oh, yeah,
1: I mean, there's go, there's no doubt that at some point your bro is going to just run you off the track when, you know, you're you're trying to make the main, it just happens, but yeah. you can separate that. Yeah.
0: Cool. Did you, um? do you have bonuses back then, like big bonuses for winning world titles, or you
1: Uh, you know, we, I don't know about everybody else. I know for me, I had like a lot of sponsors, probably 12 or 10 or 12 sponsors. And it was, you know, 300 bucks here, 400 bucks there. So yeah, you could, you could win usually. I don't even know what we won over there. I don't even know if we won money at that race, to be honest with you. I don't think I got $1 for getting second place. I think we got a trophy. Actually, dude, we did the, we did, this was really great. We did the trophy presentation. They gave us these big, massive trophies. I was going like, to say, uh, yeah, not, not there's massive. pictures were, of that. Yeah.
0: Them tall. trophies are amazing. And, the,
1: and yeah, and a bouquet of flowers and this and stuff. It's like, hey, that's pretty cool. And then we go to the banquet that night and we get handed the trophies like 20% the size of what, the, what they showed us for the photo op.
0: Oh, they played you like, out. Seriously.
1: Like... <laughs> but you know. But we had sponsors so it was cool. And uh, you know, the, the bonuses you know, I, I can't remember. I just know that between all my sponsors, if I got first I could make an extra thousand to fifteen hundred bucks, you know, that day. Sometimes more, sometimes a little less, but it was good.
0: I think the world's trophies got worse. We had some decent ones in the nineties and then now I mean you literally yeah. you feel top three you get a medal and that's it. And, and you know, uh and obviously a jersey yeah. team win, but there was like I say, I that that picture of you guys with those th- on the you Clint Miller and I think Matt Harris, right? Got third.
1: Yep, Matt Harris got
0: third. Yeah, you got super awesome. But the, even today, the best trophies I've seen at a Worlds, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, but those were take the, we didn't get those. I have photos in my scrapbook that my mom left me, and uh, I look at that and I laugh because I'm like, oh, that looks cool. Too bad we didn't get to take those on. You know, <laughs> you better hit Garrett.
0: Garrett, <laughs> so, you listening? So was
1: check it out. So. This is a parallel story to yours. It'll lead into what I was going to ask you. As the presentation was going on, we were in this hall over there on, you know, Sunday night and I came out to my rental car and my window was broke out Uh and my bike was gone. My helmet back was, all my shit was stolen. So that leads me to, Bakersfield, you got your bike and
0: all your crap stolen. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's my mistake. I, you, I've always kind of took my bike in the hotel rooms over the years. I mean, most most of the time. And I drove up to Bakersfield just to set up tents and stuff for Haro. And I took my bike. I've been riding quite a bit. Um, so I'm like, you know, and I, and I rode Bakersfield a couple of years ago when I went for the National. I just took my bike to mess around on. And I'm like, oh, this track was pretty fun. And I saw the video from the uh, Tangent race earlier this year. I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to race. So...
1: Anyway, took, took cool. my bike,
0: practiced on Friday, uh, stayed in uh, the Fairfield, which is a nice hotel, and uh, yeah. got a good parking spot, I thought, you know, and uh, outside reception. Yep. And uh, yeah, woke up early, uh, had my breakfast, uh, drinking coffee, went walked to my van about 7 o'clock, and the side door was wide open, and uh, there was uh, my window was out. My pas- passenger window was smashed, and uh, yeah, they That's took it. Nice. Took my bike, a bunch of. I took the table covers off the pit because I didn't want it to be safe, and put those in the van. So they took my toolbox. I had a spare frame for one of the team riders. Um, two boxes of clothes for Divide that I took up there, and uh, wow. just a whole yeah, a bunch of just stuff that you you use at racing, you know. And and uh, so yeah, yeah, I got I got played. So. Uh, as of now they uh finally the police uh, did the police report and um the hotel finally uh they need a police report before they can look at the cameras so they identified yeah. uh three guys there was uh, one guy driving oh, uh, one guy driving in two um two guys that got out took three minutes and they yeah they they parked right next to it and uh, there was in kind of a suburban and um yeah, so they still I mean, haven't told me who they are, but they, they've got it on camera anyway. So hopefully we can. Uh, you,
1: you have to, you have to wonder, like, how many other hotels would they visit? You
0: know. Yeah, they 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 see it coming, obviously. You know, and I, and I do, I, I did because I got a little bit of heat on on Facebook. Obviously, I posted the stuff on on Instagram and Facebook of uh, my bike and stuff, just tell people to keep an eye out and think that um, yeah. uh, the, the 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 family that run, I don't know if you know the 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 uh, Mirandas that run the track, you know, and right. Um, you know i think uh, obviously that when i when i posted the stuff it kind of got you know people are starting talking crap on bakersfield and this happens a lot and meth heads and you know all the stuff um you probably might read some of it on facebook and 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 i and i think obviously i think that offends the the track that the people running the race um, and my yeah. break in was at the hotel and i i wanted to say you know i like bakersfield track i I enjoyed the events, yeah. and I didn't want to disrespect them, but I did want to get the word out that my, you know, my stuff was gone. Absolutely, you know? man. So That's I think right. Jordan Miranda kind of—I saw a few comments he made as regards to, well, if you leave your bike in the in your car, what do you expect? And he said it a few times in a few different threads. So I, I kind of finally, you know, tapped back at him, um, we went back, to, you know, talked a little bit. And but anyway, I, I just wanted to show no no disrespect to the track yeah. and, and the guys running that race, but um, yeah, just, just yeah. one of the things. Got a
1: comment. Yeah,
0: exactly. All right. Uh, well, let's let's talk a little bit about what we talked about on the phone. You've got got a bit of news, yeah, yeah. and I wanted to, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, every time me and you talk, every once in a while, well, it's always like shit. We got to do a podcast. This is good. Um, so you've, <laughs> you have got some more scoop. You're uh, leaving remix or you've left remix. So what's this, what's going on?
1: Yeah. So I left remix about four weeks ago. Dale Robinson's good dude. I uh, worked for him for about thirteen months. Um, you know, over the last five, six years. Um, and again, I'm going to say this. I want to preface this by saying that I love BMX and I love BMX racing. And anything I say is just my opinion based on what I've experienced and what I see. I'm not bashing anybody. I'm just being real. Okay. But um, seeing the direction of the sport and where it's going. Uh, always kind of keep my eyes open on other opportunities. I've got other opportunities in front of me here that uh, that won't happen until summertime. But, um, you know, those opportunities, basically, I decided it was best for me to move forward and uh, to find a different path. I just feel like BMX is, uh, you know, like, I'm at a place where I want to do something and have it be long term. And I don't know that there's any kind of long term future in BMX, in terms of the BMX industry. I don't think there is, personally, Mm -hmm. my opinion. And uh, so it got to a point where I realized I need to I need to be doing something that provides me equity, you know? So, um, Dale gave me an opportunity to get involved and I appreciate that. He's a good guy. He, uh, he does, if he tells you to do something, he does it. Uh, the product line was designed by Mike Flaherty, uh, you know, four years ago or around roughly that time. And he's, you know, pretty good. He's a great designer. Um, I believe in the product. Cause I used it when we had GHP, we were kind of co-op with remix. So I had a little bit of, uh, emotion into the brand and that but at the end of the day uh i tell you what at the end the kicker was this and, and again man i'm only just you know like a lot of people will think that i'm here to bash and this and that and i'm an old disgruntled guy i'm not disgruntled i'm 55 years old i got four kids that i love i got four grandkids that i love I've got a wonderful wife i got a beautiful house i'm happy man it's just where do i want to be you know and so when i went to the Fall Nationals in Lemoore, okay? And we packed up on Sunday. I was in the van driving at one o'clock. I called my wife and I said, there's no future in this. It's like, there's no way, you know, that that five years, I mean, where am I going to go here? We're we're driving home on Sunday at one o'clock. And I made my mind up at that point, open up my eyes, talk to people, network, see what I want to do, think about what I want to do. Um, there's an opportunity I'm going to be doing, and we'll, we'll get into that in a minute if you want. But um, basically, my decision to leave BMX, well, to leave Remix. To leave Remix essentially is leaving the BMX industry. It's not anything towards Dale or Remix, uh, BMX or nothing like that. The product's great. A lot of good writers on the team, good families. Uh, you know, when you're at the races with these guys, everybody's, everybody's cool, you know? But, um, you know, I just... I just felt like I need to find a, a future, a future that could, you know, be long term. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Now are you still going to do your, uh, speed seminars, clinics and stuff. So now you're still kind of yeah, doing that. I'm going to teach. I love teaching when I
1: teach it. It's not, it's not the BMX business. It's not, you know, when I teach, I connect with riders. Um, I have I mean for tomorrow morning. I'm getting an airplane and flying to Monroe, Louisiana, doing a clinic with Ted Bailey at rebel BMX, uh, you know, we got about 25 or 30 kids. We're in a two-day class, and it's great. When when the class starts, for me, time stops, and I'm in that mode where I'm able to really help people, and it's very fulfilling. I'll teach and want to teach. You know, I might do five clinics, six clinics a year, mm-hmm. but, you know, that's a whole different situation where I don't have to be worrying about the business side of stuff. I just connect with the track operator, and they bring me in, and I do my thing, and that's cool. Um, I'll do that. For the remainder of 2019, and then when we get into 2020,
0: I'll be completely gone, removed from BMX 100. percent Yeah, it it is really hard. You you continue have to to hustle every every year. You know, it's same same for myself. You know, right. you, you try you start new relationships, and then you think other ones are getting better, and then they fade out. and new ones comes, and you're like, well, if these all align up and grow at the same time. We're going right. to be in a good spot, and then just things fall out, things change, and you know, it's hard to. The, the,
1: the, The big, you're right. The biggest challenge is that because BMX is so small, Mm -hmm. you have to do. You, I have to piecemeal. So my income, I have to piecemeal. I have to get. I got to go to four different income streams, doing different stuff to make the money that I need or want to make. You know. Yes. And with the turnover in BMX, you got guys coming in and doing businesses, and they leave and so forth, and you know, you just don't have that same. uh, It's not like it's motocross. Mm-hmm. Or a professional sport that's, you know, that's big where there's lots of opportunity. The MX is super small. And, again, I'm not bashing anyone. And I am not here to bash someone. I'm just going to speak truth when we talk about the sport and the health. But it isn't. There is no industry anymore. It's gone. And there's no customers. Everybody's on the bro deal hookup. Mm-hmm. There's no customers anymore. So, you know, the whole what is my price is just, well, what's my price on that? Well, what's my goal? Well, you got that from China, you know. Blah blah blah. It didn't cost you much. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's BMS. It's like let me go up to, you know, in the grocery store and unload my groceries and just be like, you oh, uh, know, I know this bread sells for about seventy nine, but like, what's my price? You know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. Can we defer that till next week? No, we can't. You know what I mean? That's what BMS is. It seems to be. Uh, it seems to be just like. That's what we've come to with BMX, and I, uh, you know, I guess this is a very good, um, you know, this is a good entry into talking about BMX, the health of it, if you want, but that's the deal. I just want to set the record straight, though, and just let people know that, you know, Remix BMX is still a new brand, and they're still out there, you know, hitting the streets, hitting the pavement. If, If anybody gives the wheels a, the, the, a chance, an opportunity to put them on their bike. they will still see the difference. They're really good,
0: good high-quality products. So. And, I mean, even even in the carbon wheels, I, I saw another, I think it was Connor. They oh, they were hooked up with some, yeah. I don't know if it's a new brand or just a new sponsor for the team, but it seems like a lot of common uh, I think it's a new, a new brand,
1: yeah, but, you know, those, is it Icon or something like that? No, there
0: was something yeah, like Ice or something out, or but, that, You know, yeah, something like those, that.
1: Those rims, just the rims? One rim? 376 dollars, you know? Wow. Yeah, they're not going to be selling too many of those. I mean, a rim, 376 bucks times two, with your spokes, nipples, hubs, get someone to build them. You're, you're spending two grand on wheels. You can get a remix, complete wheel set for under 1,100 bucks, you know, with brake pads and a spoke kit. I mean, you just can't touch that so. Even but that, though, for a regular the, the, set of regular,
0: regular wheels, it's not, uh, you know, i just literally been, you know, putting, I'm going to go pick up my bike today. I gathered up parts to to build up a new bike, and um, actually, I want a quick shout-out to CC Cycles in Ramona, uh, Clark over there. I, nice. I I gave him all my stuff yeah. just a day and a half ago, like completely everything in the box, and is he's uh, nice. already built it all up. So, actually, when I finish this podcast, I'm going to go pick up my new bike. But, yeah, just pricing up, you know, with, we was always with Stealth. Um, and that's kind of—I right. don't know what Toby's really doing with it, or he's just kind of behind. But there hasn't been any new products, uh, as I know of, anyway, in the last couple of years. So i was just kind of looking at what the hubs right. to use, and uh, you know, so I put something on my Facebook. But things, just the hubs, the the Onyx, and uh, just crazy like prices for this stuff, up, you know. It, aren't they? What's that? Um,
1: they're like about six hundred, six hundred fifty bucks for yeah, a Yeah, Yeah,
0: just to lace up a set of wheels now. So um, yeah, it's not cheap, is it now? Yeah. Just to, to. It all go. ends up, man. Yeah. Oh. What? Um, all right. So, what show? Do you want to talk a little bit before we talk industry and stuff? You want to talk about what you're going to yeah, do yeah. next, or do you just want to get us? Some yeah, more?
1: that'll be cool. Uh, that would be great. It's pretty cool, actually. Um, so, this is crazy. It's a small world. Back in like 1983, 84, 85, uh, I was doing. Uh, you know, my mom, mom and dad were doing GHP, and I was racing full time. And we had a team. We had some pretty good writers on the team. And, uh, one of the guys on the team, his name was Rob Taft, Robbie Taft. And, uh, he was a young kid, man. And just part of the gig. And, you know, we lost touch, lost touch with a lot of the guys after that period. But a couple of years ago, I don't know, three years ago, I was on Facebook and I saw Rob and I friended him. And then I just was talking to him and got kind of into what he's doing. And, and the guy is unbelievable. He's, uh, Okay, so the guy owns a company called 420 Centrals in Costa Mesa. It's a mega store, a medical store for marijuana, cannabis. Um, He owns a a company called The Healing Plant of California, which uh, I'm going to go start working for uh, right around July, end of June, beginning of July. Um, And what he does is, he's actually been to Washington, D.C. He's met with uh, Trump's daughter and other people. And, you know, the day and age that we live in, it's, it's the, the idea of cannabis and marijuana, it, it's long past the whole Spicola, yeah, we're getting high, we're hanging out, you know. We're talking, this stuff kills cancer cells. Um, they give CBD to uh, people who have, you know, MS and seizures. I mean, I met a girl at uh, the 420 event on April 20th down at Rob's Place. She was 12 years old, and, and she she used to have about 275 seizures a day and Rob started working with her and she's having zero seizures a day now Wow! and the amount of quality of life that improvement that people can get and get off of pills and opiates and all these painkiller stuff Mm
0: -hmm. you know what I mean yeah Um, it seems like it's really bad it's amazing
1: so and for me I, I have to be emotionally engaged in something to do it I'm not emotionally into it, it's very hard. It becomes a job. But for me, I go back five years ago. About five years ago, I grabbed a bottle of Advil PM, which I was living on. And uh, I grabbed the bottle and it was empty. And I told my wife, I said, babe, this, uh, this is empty. Like this is four or five weeks old. Like I can't use 10 bottles of Advil PM every year. You know,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and at that point I was like, I'm done. And the reason why, why is this happening? Here's why. Cause you know, 7 million sprints later, (laughs) you know, 10 million gate starts later, you have what's called BMX back. I mean, my lower discs are just probably blown. My, (laughs) I got no cartilage in my left knee on the inside. (laughs) Um, uh, it was bone on, it's bone on bone five years ago. I was told I need a knee replacement. Um, I had complete reconstructive surgery in my left shoulder. Um, And then just the bottom line is just doing racing for years and years and years, man, your joints and your cartilage and everything just gets hammered. So I started using CBD uh, and I just after right away, I'm like, wow, I can sleep. And so I learned about cannabis and I applied it to my life, got off of painkiller stuff, and, uh, and that's the emotional part that I think, wow, man, how many people, I went to go get my taxes done, and I was talking to my accountant, and the lady's like, uh, the tax lady, we're just talking, her husband was a fireman. He had like three or four shoulder surgeries, and she got divorced, and I'm like, what happened? She goes, well, you know, he was on the opiates, the painkillers, and it just took his life over. Mm-hmm. He, just, he just became a different person. He was just completely miserable, and I didn't even know he was anymore. And this is happening across the board. So for me to be in that line of work, um, I'm going to go work with Rob. I'm going to learn the business. He says "I want you to be submerged in the business. Going to teach you everything, and then we're going to uh, create a sports division. And we're going to get out there and hit up events, extreme sports, you know, all kinds of things, and show up and do the full display and give away samples and T-shirts and hats and just." get out there and promote, you know, like
0: mm-hmm.
1: like you see a lot of people do. I mean, like his company, uh, 420 days, sell the Ignite brand, you see Ignite at all the cross races. And,
0: yeah, I see a lot of Is I don't know if it's them, but I see Chad Reed and a bunch of the surfers and skaters are all getting sponsors oh, for yeah. this kind of stuff now.
1: Yeah, 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 totally. And, and, then, and I'll tell you what, when, when someone has an ailment or, or they can't sleep... And they try this stuff. It's like, okay, it's unbelievable. And I'm just saying this. I go to, When I go to sleep at night, I take, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different things you can use. You know, you can use CBD for this. You can use CBN for that. There's different strains or different things. But what happens with me and what happened for so long is, I could be, like, it could be, like, 9 o'clock at night, and I'm, like, bobbing for apples. I can't stay awake. And I go to bed, and once I hit the bed, my brain just goes, boom, it's awake. It's like my brain is, like, won't shut off, yeah. but my body shut off. So I can literally lay there and not sleep. And I started using, you know, different types of uh, of, of cannabis, and, and I'm, I sleep like a baby. I just am done, checked out, you know, and uh, it's great. So I don't have nearly the body pains. My... Knee, yeah, it's bone on bone, but I don't need a knee replacement. Will I need one? Maybe, at some point, but who knows. At this point, I'm managing it with, with CBD, and it's great. And, uh, you know, you can talk to guys like Mark Willers or other people, Mark Lopez, who is on the East Coast, he used to race way back in the day, he's in the cannabis business. A lot of people, they, uh, like friends of mine, or, they just right away think, oh, well, you know, you're getting high, if that's what you need to do, you know, blah, blah, blah. It, it's not like, you got to educate yourself. You got to read up on this stuff. There's actual studies that actually can show you that that cannabis gets into uh, <clears throat> the bloodstream and it attacks cancer cells. It actually kills and dissolves them. It reduces tumor sizes. You know, and my thing is this: God put it here. Why? You know, you can read the Bible, and the Bible and Genesis will show you and tell you God put everything here, and you know, the plants and all that, and they're meant for us. So.
0: Yeah, I look forward to seeing how you guys uh, so, you have started a podcast or something, right?
1: Yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep you in the loop and we'll keep talking. But it's like yeah. you know, when I look at my GHP days and I look at Remix and I think, okay, if I'm selling a product, that, that's cool. People, people like the product or don't. It doesn't improve people's lives. It doesn't improve the quality of people's lives. So the satisfaction you get from it. Like, for instance, when I teach and I'm working with somebody and they have an improvement and you see the smile on their face and then they just, they, they instantly get better. Mm-hmm. It, it's fulfillment. You, you get, you leave, you leave. And I know, you know, it feels like you leave and you're like, wow, that's so awesome, man. You like mm-hmm. help somebody. Yeah,
0: totally.
1: That's the kind of line of work I want to be in. I want to be in an industry where I can, can feel that. So That's, yeah. that's what, why, I'm, why I'm going to work for Rob. So I'll be working for the healing plan in California. They're, uh, 250 million dollar manufacturing facility that basically is vertically integrated. It goes from seed to sale, and I mean everything in between. They do it all.
0: Yeah, I'll have to look at all that stuff online then. i will sure this all. Um... Yeah, I'll keep
1: you posted on it for sure. Once we get, once we get, when I'm there, and we get a, a direct path on when we're going to launch the whole sports division side of things. So. I'll uh, definitely talk
0: with you and share that with you. uh, Yeah, because it's the uh, the 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 guy that's involved in the other stuff. The Dan Bazuren guy, and he the guy that's the 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 Playboy guy that's on Instagram with all the chicks and guns and the and he the guy behind the Chad Reed and Dean Wilson and some skaters and stuff. I I believe so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah.
1: I mean, these guys are. I mean, you're talking motocross guys. You know, you could you. I love motocross. I know you do, but. I don't care who you are as a professional motocross racer. At some point, you're buying the farm and more than once, you know. Mm-hmm. These guys have have injuries, you know, and their bodies are sore. And, and, and you know, aspirin doesn't fix that. Uh, Painkillers don't do not do anything. They just get you into deeper, into bigger problems, you know.
0: Yeah, no, no. Totally. I think mot- motocross definitely, some guys totally, when they get banged up, they really do, don't they, you know, so. Oh, Yeah. Definitely, it is absolutely. Uh, all right, well, let's move into some BMX talk. Let's talk some industry. I know you yeah. mean you always uh, have some good conversations uh, on the phone about that stuff. I always yeah. end up laughing and stuff. But it's uh, always yeah. a good no, conversation. Sure. So let, let's let's get into it. You know what? 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 Uh, uh, have you listened to Timmy? I, give, I want to give him a shout out. Timmy Knack's podcast. He gave you. Yeah, uh, I've
1: heard. Of, I've heard of his podcast, and I I think he's pretty hardcore on the same path we're on. You know. Yeah, the guy no. argues. Points that make sense. He um, <clears throat> he talks about things that that make sense, you know. And I think a lot of people who talk about things that make sense in this industry get labeled um, as crazy or disgruntled old guys or what have you. But you know, he's just preaching truth, man. I don't. Well, he's really a very very
0: an... s- very smart guy. I mean, I've known Timmy a long time and always had good conversation yeah. with him. But just seeing him doing a podcast on his own for an hour talking. I mean, I i. I can't talk for a few minutes, so I've always need you know a friend who I'm doing a you podcast can, with or Jason or somebody you can to. Do it. I, I just I
1: guarantee you, you can do it, man. I have it's no desire,
0: like even, I know I have no desire even to want to do it. I always need like a sidekick just to want to run out of something to say. But Timmy does a whole hour yeah. podcast on his own, and you can tell he's very educated, very smart. Yeah, and, yeah. uh He's Ooh. already brought up some good good topics, and it's called Death by Dinosaur. So uh, if anybody, and he talks nice. about a little bit of politics, a bit of sport, you know, or videos, and so it's not just all. Or BMX talk, but it's definitely um, it's opened up some uh, some good topics in within the, the BMX industry, and I definitely agree with a lot of the stuff he says. So um, definitely, Absolutely. definitely worth cool. a good listen there. So let's get into it then. Where, where should we start? Uh, BMX. I don't know. You, you're a big one on the Too many nationals, you know. And I that's one I don't yeah. get into too much. You know, it doesn't. Um, uh, but I know that's one of the the things that you you talk about and and um, mm-hmm. uh, you know yeah, in the do. conversation. So. Um, yeah, are there too many internationals, I guess?
1: (laughs) Well, here's the deal. I'll I'll say it like this and get into that. Um, Everything's connected, see? So all the dots connect. So when you're trying to find out what the issues or the problems are, you can't just say there's one problem. You have to say, well, you have to connect the dots between this, 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 and that. And then you have cause and effect. So if you're doing this, what's the the effect? So you have the cause, which is, you know, this is what you're doing. And what's the effect of that? And then what's the long-term effect of that? And so, you know, a lot of times people <clears> – <throat> not a lot. It happens now and again. Somebody will chime in and say, oh, this guy's just a disgruntled old guy, though, You, blah, blah, blah. Dude, have you been in the sport for 45 years? If you're, if you're saying that kind of stuff and you've been around for six years, I'm not hearing you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, this is the deal, okay? Um, there is too many nationals. It's not even open for debate. It's just fact, okay? When you have a national, like 60 nationals – even on the phone, I was on the phone with BA a couple years back when I did my Facebook Live and kind of lit them up. Uh, he's like, we don't have 60 nationals. There's 30, there's 30 nationals. I said, oh, really? I, I must have flunked math class because last I checked, 30 weekends is 60 races. But, hey, Friday night races aren't good enough for the warm-up beginner, no, beginner novice guys anymore. We've made a handful of weekends. Friday night is now a national so all you got to do is count, and you'll find out there's 65 nationals. Okay? There's too many races. Mm-hmm. And the problem is is that, in, uh, again, I'm going to say this one more time. I don't hate anybody, and I'm not here to bash anybody. I'm here to talk truth, period. The guys in Arizona run nationals. They don't manage local tracks. They don't help anybody. Uh, they'll be like, oh, well, we got programs, and if you guys just do it, yeah, That's cool, that's a cool story. You've got some paperwork and it's in a folder and you hand it to a track and then you don't even know why they're not implementing it yet you've never talked to them. For instance, Simi Valley, Sycamore BMX, uh, it's been probably two or three years ago, I asked Tony, the guy that runs the track, who's been running the track for like 20 some years, 25 years or something. Hey man, has USA BMX ever been here? No, they've never stepped foot on my facility. Wow, okay. Well, that's a problem. So the the, the situation is there's too many nationals. There's no focus on the local program. Uh, Only 10% of the tracks are doing good. 90% of the tracks. I talked to two tracks yesterday. One track in Arizona I talked to. And I'm not going to name names. I'm just going to say this. I talked to a track and the guy says, hey, we only get in like five or six motos a night. We actually have more people wanting to teach than we have people wanting to race. And I'm like, yeah, that sucks. And that's probably because my neighbor can go onto USA BMX, fill out some forms, give them sixty bucks, and he's now a
0: coach. Well, that's you know, the huge problem teach. as well now, isn't it? There's too many coaches, is not they? I mean, you, you're there's sitting-
1: too many coaches, dude. I got I got my notice in the mail like three years ago to renew my thing. I put it in my shredder, dude. I I, <laughs> I took my initial test, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? The questions on this thing, really? Seriously?" <laughs> and and I paid, and then I did it again, and then I never did it again. I've never once ever ever at all, had any track asked me to see my license. They don't care, you know? But the point is, is there's too many nationals. There's not enough emphasis on locals. They're losing money hand over fist right now. Uh, Everybody gets stuck on, oh, all they care about is money. All they care about is money. Sorry. If you're saying that, then you don't know what the problem is, okay? Because you're not having a lot of income when you have a race that has 180 motos and there's like three and four people in motos. Now I went to Albuquerque earlier this year in the middle of March and I watched first round motos that had four people. Okay. Mm -hmm. No, no eight moto gates, none. Okay. For motos. So, you know, you might have 170 moto race, but now you have less people, you know, 20 years ago you had 170 moto race. There was like seven, eight people in each moto. Not today. You know, so my, my beef is this, you know, I don't think that like, like that article you posted yesterday is great because it shows back in 1982 that we were trying to figure this out. Yeah. And that's why so I wanted to, uh, a- I,
0: I, I, I cause, it, cause I read it, I was flipping through some magazines and I, I bought a scanner. So I started scanning a few things. know, so, I've got a bunch yeah. of stuff from them that I thought kind of relate to or some, same, some of the same stuff. And obviously you were there. So you really know some of the stuff that was talked about then are still subjects today, which is, uh, you know... They're, sub-
1: still, they're still subject today, man. And the reason why
0: is, um, you know,
1: you've just always had the wrong people with the, the steering wheel in their hand. I mean, for, for as long as we can remember, we've had, like, uh, you know, Merle Mimiga, We've had uh, Bernard Anderson, B.A. Anderson. We've had uh, a nonprofit group, MBL people. We've, got, we've never had any dynamic business people that are running Ascension. That understand actually business one-on-one. I'll give you an example. Um, you know, you take John David and he's got like a master's degree and whatever, but he doesn't have any any good business experience. Um, and that's it. I'm being real right now, dude. If anybody I'll challenge anybody to verify what I'm saying, and if I'm wrong, I'll eat a bucket of crow and I'll <laughs> I'll will film it and I'll post it. Okay. <laughs> the fact is is You got guys like John David telling people, "Hey, we got to raise our prices because, you know, for our current customers because we have less customers. We got to make it up somewhere." You know, have a conversation with John David last July and talk about all the issues and situations and how can I help? I want to help. I don't want to be at odds with you guys and spend an hour with him and he's like totally cool. He's talking. He's engaged. Yeah, we'll we'll talk. We'll do more. These are good ideas and it falls on deaf ears. No, nothing happens. You know, we got. Look, I've been teaching clinics for 25, 30 years, man. I have a lot of track operator friends of mine, and I've heard from so many of them, almost every single one of them, to get on the phone with Brad Allen, who, like, I don't even know if that guy ever raced. I'm pretty sure he probably didn't. But um, they, he just argues with people. He argues with people. He doesn't foster the idea of getting tracks to work together. You know, they have drama everywhere with all the tracks you pick any state you want and if the tracks are getting along, it's because the track operators are doing it themselves, not because USA BMX is helping them. They don't bridge the gap to help these people get along. They just don't. Um, And that's a problem. So the leadership is, is not there, you know, and you know, you, you, you got, you got, I'm standing in Phoenix this year and BA walks up to me and says, you know, with, Some people he's with, how's it going, man? So how's business? Hey, man, hey, business sucks. (laughs) Yeah, business sucks, dude. The local tracks are getting like five and six motos. You said this? Um, Yeah, no, I want to. I wanted to say that, but I don't want to start any problems with the guy, but Mm -hmm. we're doing a podcast, so I'm going to bring it, and I'm going to be real right now. Hey, man, business sucks, okay? Um, There's not that many people racing. Oh, I left the track on Sunday in Phoenix at 2 o'clock. I was in my van driving out of the parking lot. At the Winter Nationals, bro, I've never had that happen. Not ever. In all the years I've been in it. Super small moto counts are happening. So, you know, they don't even know. They don't have a clue, man. They do not the the, the the ship is sinking, man, and they're just like, hey, business as usual, we're good. And then all the people that don't know because people don't do research are like, well, oh, they only cared about the money. Really? If they only cared about the money, they'd do something to right the ship, okay? When... The ABA bought the NBL. They told everybody in the industry, we are going to keep the NBL, we're going to manage them both, and we're going to still offer two choices. Cool. That's great. Well, that was a lie, a bold-faced lie, because they shut down the NBL and created USA BMX, which sounds wonderful, but look, when they bought the NBL, the NBL had something like 250 tracks. The ABA had something like 350 tracks what is that, 600 tracks, dude, there's less than 285 tracks in the United States right now, there's Mm. less than half the tracks,
0: do you know what they, uh, what, what did they buy the NBL for, do you know? Um, they bought the NBL
1: so that they could uh, basically put them out of business. They didn't want. They didn't like the competition. They
0: didn't want the competition. But there was all kinds of weird think, stuff going I, in the background, weren't they? I, with the Gary Aragon well, and NBL and uh, the, the, GSX, whatever were involved, weren't they?
1: The the M, the NBL got upside down. The ABA knew it, came in, lowballed them, bought the bought them, and then and then just dissolved them up. Yeah. You know, they just dissolved them up, man. That's it. And then the USA BMX goes all in with UCI, which isn't good, and all in with the Olympics. So, you know, if you want to look at really a timeline, look at when the ABA bought the NBL, and then look at the first BMX Olympics in 2008, and see how the sport has gone since then. It's been downhill ever since.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And these are facts, man. Like I said, if anybody wants to argue this or debate this, don't go do your research. And if I'm wrong, I'll eat crow. Mm-hmm. not a problem. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, but for me, I look at it and I have to sit back and say, wow, I'm in an industry that is taking in so much water. It's up around my neck. I got to get out before I drown.
0: Yeah.
1: I just don't feel like there's a future here. There are so many kids that have moved on to other sports that, um, you know, just BMX and just USA BMX, just milking the nationals. And like I said, the local scene is dead. Um, And they don't do anything to foster the local scene. And then I get people, whoa, what about Donna's program? It's really good. The BMX League, Beginners League, hey, man, that's great, dude. I love it. I think it's probably the best thing on the grassroots that's ever happened. The issue and the problem is once a kid graduates from that 10-week program or whatever and he's into it and loving the sport, he drives to the track where he wants to race. And he's getting his bike out, which is probably worth 300, 400 bucks. And he's getting on the gate with kids who have bikes that are worth three grand and they're getting beat by half a lap. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they're getting discouraged. Right. And, and that, so they go to the program. They love BMX, but then they go and they start racing. And well, there's only six motos. So now there's no, you know, beginner novice intermediate it's just, hey man, if you're twelve, you're racing twelve year olds and maybe you're
0: racing a fourteen year old, you know, because we don't have a
1: class. And and those people just fall away, they just leave. They leave I think it's
0: really 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 hard. You know, I'm kinda of experienced and I'm using it to, to learn myself a little bit with my daughter getting into it now. And, you know, it's it's nice. for, unfortunately for us, we're we're fifty five minutes away from Chula Vista, so it'd be easy to mm-hmm. plug her in down there with Tyler and 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 it's just too hard with school and, and traffic and stuff and and yeah, going to Kearney uh, is a, a nightmare, um, you know, with Vince and stuff. Just, just <laughs> it's, uh, that's all. Yeah. Whole of the podcast on how he he runs his track. Um, so it's right. really it's really tough with with times and when the tracks open. It's only open times. Getting to to a yeah. place we want to go to Chula Vista is really tough. Um, but it, now right. we have a pump track, and it's very easy to go to the pump track for, for you know. We could be at the pump track eight o'clock Saturday morning and rolling out of there by nine thirty. Back home at ten, you know. Um, well, that's
1: the whole point. You know, you want to ride your bike and have fun. Mm-hmm. And in the old days, you know, twenty five years ago, I know there was tracks. There was tracks in Temecula. There was tracks in Elsinore. There was there mm-hmm. was three or four tracks that were close to you guys. You could have went. Now there's not.
0: My daughter so, probably will you not know, just because I, I don't want to go to Kearney or, or Cactus because I just don't want to deal with Vince. Um, <laughs> My daughter, there's a good chance she might not race, and she likes BMX, you know? It's just right, that location right, right. and times really, really makes it hard. Yeah. I think she's, will just well, ride. Well, you
1: know what? You just, you go to the pump track, you get her on that BMX bike, she learns some basic skills, you pop her on her mountain bike, and the next thing you know, she's at a mountain bike race having fun. Yeah. You're not there for three days. It, you know, there's people in your class. It's a great deal. But yeah. because of the mountain biking scene, has grassroots local programs that are, are growing and that are fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I don't couple, know
1: that BMX racing has that. I don't see it anywhere.
0: I just think it's really hard to. Uh, my my daughter, she makes friends when she goes to the track. She meets other little girls. You know, the few times we go, we we do. You know, she meets other girls. She she has fun. I always ask her on the way home what she liked, what she didn't do, and so yeah. I yeah. think I think everybody's, you know yourself. Everybody loves it once they get there, but it's it's really hard and it's to hold them, keep them in, keep them involved once they're there. And right. It's, uh, it's, it's really a, a, right. a hard, hard sport to, to keep kids... Um, yeah, we we'll make it really very, hard, I think. It's you know? very hard. Mm-hmm.
1: So. I think any, anybody listening to this podcast loves BMX. They love their BMX bike. They love riding. They love the feeling of being on your bike. We're not talking about BMX sucks right now. What we're talking about is that the sanctioning body of the United States, because they're just one of them, just doesn't get it. And as a result... They're losing people by the droves, man. You know, I'll give you an example. We used to go to races where...
0: Yeah, my computer completely shut down and uh, gave itself a re- reboot, and it took like 20 minutes. So if anybody uh, wonders what went on there, we just uh, had to take a quick 20-minute break. But we're back. So, Greg, let's get back into it. I think we're talking about maybe uh, BMX losing people to mountain biking.
1: Yeah, I think... <clears throat> or generally stuff that's just fun and, you know, you're not there three days and they're not charging you on the leg, like pump tracks, you know. I just think, basically, to recap, what we were talking about is that uh, the sport of BMX, it's awesome. Okay, so you and I can both agree on this. We've met people from all over the world. We've met people we've, you know, raced on the track with, um, had good times. We all love BMX. The fact is in the United States, uh, the sanction is just killing it. They're not doing anything to grow it. And, <clears throat> you know, where people are saying, well, you know, you're just not being realistic. You know, there are so many contributing factors, blah, blah, blah. Of course there is. You know, there, let's be real. There are. But let's also be real. There's more registered BMX racers in France, and there's more registered BMX racers in Australia than there is in the United States. Okay. And that's a fact. There's not even probably 13,000 active members in the United States. 13,000, think about that. That's not very many. <clears throat> you look in the back of the poll magazine, you notice they only list the top 10 people now. I don't
0: they really don't list know. all the people, because in the past,
1: you can go and count them.
0: What were the think best years in the, the 80s, Greg? Like in uh, ABA and NBL? Or...
1: The best years, in my opinion... 82, 83, 84, 85, I mean, they used to go to the Orange Y and they'd have 60 to 70 motos on a Friday night, you know? Uh, and also, you know, you could go to several tracks. There was so many tracks. There's not even one BMX track in Orange County.
0: When, and I know Maddie descendants on her our, our team, her dad, uh, you spoke about it earlier, was uh, running Simi Valley or part of that crew there and he was telling me all about it getting shut down and uh, he said he really doesn't know if they'll, they'll get another, another track up or going uh, or not, which is uh, unfortunate for them. Right. like saying he's actually, yeah, yeah. Mad- Maddie is racing, she's still racing BMX, but she's racing mountain bikes now. She's so.
1: also racing mountain bikes. Yeah. So there's no future in BMX for mm-hmm. her. You know, not because of her, but, <clears throat> you know, what happens when the track goes we Simi Valley is <clears throat> now you have a good chunk of riders that are going to basically leave the sport, you know? And that's because like what we said earlier, you know, 25 years ago, mom didn't work. Most moms, they stayed home and they worked their butt off, but they were homemakers. They were home making sure everything was good. Dad went to work, came home. Mm -hmm. Even then it was hard. I used to go, you know, several times a week to the tracks. My dad would show up and my mom would have dinner ready. We'd eat, we'd get in the car, we'd jam. What happens now when mom and dad are both working? Yeah. and then there's not as many tracks, and you've got to drive 40, 50 miles. It just doesn't an happen. People drop out. So, you know, it's a big illusion. I keep telling people, and <clears throat> I think they're starting to hear it and starting to believe it. You know, you go to the Grands, and, and everybody at USADMX is just like, oh, yeah, it's a super-run Everything's great. Everything's good. We'll check it out, dude. The only, like, real place you can go to have full racks is the Grands, okay? The last thing that's going to suffer is the Grands. But the less tracks you have, the less people you have racing. And the less people you have racing, the smaller numbers you get. You know, it's just a fact.
0: What do you... There's like five... What, what uh, assume, you know, if, if, if somebody gave you the magic wand and a, and a bootleg, you know, a, a, a bag full of money... Um, what, what will, what, how do you, do you think you know grow it back? And, and you know, I know we all talk about this all the time. How, how do you make BMX better? What do you do? Do you go to schools? Do you do, do, right. do? you do more clinics? More tracks? Less tracks? Do you incorporate mountain bikes, well, big wheels. I mean, what's some of the things that you would think maybe? Um, I think a lot of sports are struggling at this point, right? It's uh, it's not just well, BMX. I mean, you know, at, there's a lot of lot of uh, choices for kids now. You know, I mean, look at
1: soccer. Is it struggling? It's growing, fastest growing sport in the world. Still, today. So, you know, there's, there's factors. But here's the deal. <clears throat> this answer may not be exactly what people are thinking. But if I had all the money in the world, what I would do is I would get out of the way and I would hire professionals that know how to run business. Mm-hmm. There's nobody in Chandler, Arizona that knows that. Not one person. Okay? You have to reinvent the program. You have to have people who aren't sleepwalking. Out their jobs, like <laughs> Gillette, okay? Um, I'll give you an example. I'm just being real, dude. I'm sorry, dude. People don't like it, okay? And I'll just put this out there, because I ain't hiding from nobody. Shannon, you don't like it. You. you got my number, call me. You want to meet me? I'll meet you. I don't care. The <laughs> fact is, the guy doesn't help me. He, he, he doesn't help anybody. He, he's, he's got no energy left. He's over it. He's turns a lot of people off. And it's one of the reasons why people don't like USA because if you're a company and you want to go to a race, you gotta go through him. And, you know, when you're like Shane from an Alpha and you're told it's 200 bucks per tent, you got six tents, 1200 bucks to put your stuff up, you see that guy going on the other side of the and setting up in the grass. They're not trying to help the the situation. So check this out. When, when we went, I'll give you an example. There was a race at, an ABA race at Burbank in like 94, at the Burbank Equestrian Center. The pit was lined up, the factory row was lined up to where there was a lane. On each side, there were vendors. In order to get from where you were over to the track, you pretty much had to walk down that center line and everybody was there. Mm -hmm. Now when I look at where, uh, I wasn't at Bakersfield this year, but last year with Remix, we were set up and we were in the parking lot. We were like way out there, dude. I didn't even watch but like three or four races because I was the only person in our camp that didn't have kids racing and I wasn't racing, so all these other people were coming and going, you know, someone has to watch the stuff. Dude, we were so far, we were so irrelevant from what was actually taking place. They don't put any thought into the professional presentation. Like, we were in Albuquerque last year in eighteen. And we had people set up in front of us. They pulled their Coleman's out. They were barbecuing hot dogs. It was like being at a flea market, dude, at a
0: picnic. <laughs> I've been there, there a million like... times. I've been on the East Coast and that's <laughs> happened. I'm like, hang on. I've just spent four grand getting all these people here. And nobody. I can't even take a picture of my tent because somebody's set up. I'm strategic how, uh, what races I even go to as regards to the the, the pits and the past history with that track and in the pits, and there's some races. Yeah, I right. I, I just don't go to because I know it's it's going to be frustrating, you know. So uh, right, and it, said, it is. And so I've numerous just, t- numerous times. I've said you know you're
1: <clears throat> you're, you're dealing with uh, again. Um, I really believe in this. You're dealing with people who don't have any competition, who don't give two shits about your opinion. Uh, they don't care what you have to say. They don't. They won't admit to you that things are bad. They'll just tell everybody that you're crazy. And I've had this happen. I've had multiple people call me and say, yeah, I just got off the phone with so-and-so from USAVMX. Oh, yeah, you're crazy. Yeah, I'm crazy, bro. Um, XYZ Track just ran four motos last night and is asking themselves, how long can we keep doing this? But I'm stupid. I don't know what I'm talking about. But you know what? Why don't you ask any one of my track operator buddies who deal with this crap? They'll tell you. The tracks are so over it, like they're working their asses off and they get no help. Yeah, okay, we got programs, but, you know, we can't really help you do anything. you got to take responsibility and do it yourself. Yeah, that's cool, man. You had a national in my backyard and you had it at a facility. Why didn't you let, have it at my track? Oh, because you sold that to the city because you're getting 15 grand to run a national or 20 grand to run a national. There is no effort on USA BMX's part to foster and help and grow the local scene. They don't give a crap. They simply don't. But, you know, that's the state that we're in. What we need is, I would, if I had all the money in the world, I would hire three or four really good businessmen that have the, businessmen or women who have experience in business, that understand business, that have had successful businesses or worked for them. And they would know because, you know, that's what's missing. What's missing? Professionalism, a plan, you know, it's missing. Yeah, Yeah. so I don't know what I'm talking about. So companies are going out of business left and right. Dan's comp is gone. Uh, look at the – go onto the USA BMX website <clears throat> on the homepage and scroll to the bottom and look at the national sponsors. There's like six now or seven. There used to be like 20. You know, the sport is, is uh, spiraling badly. We need another sanction to come in, and we need somebody who has some enthusiasm, some professionalism who's willing to put together a plan and get busy working it.
0: So when you and I saw this on the post yesterday, when you say another sanction, you literally mean like a a whole new um, association, a new federation, or do you mean? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm not talking about, and no offense to little Bobby's dad, I'm not talking about some disgruntled customers that are like, screw this, we're starting a new deal. I'm talking about a professional situation where not only does, is there money with a budget, but there's also a plan, and it's being executed by people who know. Like if you went and you sat down with 50 tracks and said, hey, we have a plan. Look at our five-year plan. Here's the budget we have. Here's what we're going to give you. Here's the tools. Here's what we're going to do in your community, blah, blah, blah. You'd have track operators going, holy shit, I've never seen this before. I've never had anything presented to me like this before. They'd be on board. You'd get 50 people to switch over In 10 minutes. Yeah, I'm not talking about uh, just getting, you know, USA BMX to come up with some new ideas. I mean, my thing is this, man. Come on, let's be real. You've given somebody, like, 30 years to figure it out and they haven't, they've become like a politician that needs to be bounced down the road, you know? It's like they don't get... they, They haven't figured it out. And then they put all their eggs in the UCI basket. You got pros racing on Friday night. Why are pros racing on Friday night? Is that just not the most ignorant thing ever and on sunday morning it's like zero energy man okay zero you take the pros out of the mix and i'm not saying the whole race should be around the pros but the little kids they don't have anybody to look up to these days not a lot of people and you know let's be real when uh you know there are some races where you'll see guys on the podium with a three thousand dollar check that's great so people say well yeah you know, uci is three thousand for first Yeah. Cool story. What do they have? Six races? Are you kidding me? Six races? You win all three, all six races. You can't pay your bills on that, right? But who wins all six races? Nobody. So <clears throat> you go to an ABA race, and it's a thousand bucks for first place. How do you live on that?
0: Yeah, it's definitely the the, and pro, the pro racing is. Um, um. Yeah, I talked to John David a little bit in in Phoenix. I, I think I shared with you. You know, I mean you was talking. Um, he, he'd read one of my rants earlier in the year about the pits and the stuff with Shannon. So uh, John came over and we had a good thirty-minute conversation, and it was positive, you know. But, yeah. but like what I, I I I said to to, to John, um, and, and we've said it a bunch of times. You know Mike Carruth and a bunch of guys have said it, and I've said it on podcasts there needs to be a, a round table. Um, conversation but it seems like that's not going to happen or
1: uh, good luck good
0: yeah. luck with that yeah and, and, and is, I, I'm at the point now where it's like yeah some days I'm like you know I want to make it good I want to be involved I want it to be I want it to, to help grow and then sometimes you just like I just got to focus on my own thing and just do my own little bit and just you know carry on trudging you know forwards in my own little way you know um, so yeah, you I think know, it, uh, yeah I, I think and it's past know. the point of a, a round table or even you know even John said when me and him spoke um they said it'd be hard to even, um, uh, well, who can come to the meeting and who can't, you know, and that's, that's you know, a You problem. see, this
1: is, this is the problem. That, that's what's called deflection. You don't talk about it's going to be hard. First of all, if it's not hard, it ain't worth doing, personally, okay? Second of all, you don't talk about it in a way where, well, we just don't know who's going to come. Why don't you take some action for once and put out, and a press release to all the manufacturers, to all the people that have been around for 25 plus years. We're going to have a meeting. Here's where it's at. And here's what time it is. Okay. That's how you do that. See, these guys can't even pull a meeting off, let alone anything else. I've exhausted myself from even thinking about these people. I don't even care. You got, you got. You got one person scoring nationals, okay? One person sits in a chair all freaking weekend long writing down a number. You got a transfer system, which is asinine. You pay 50 bucks to race a national, and you do one lap, and you either qualify or come back and do another lap, and you make it or you don't. Two motos. How about run three motos, and you race every moto? How about find a few more people to score some damn races and let people start racing what they pay to do? You see, the whole system sucks. Those people create their program and their national schedule and how they run it all for one thing, the convenience of pulling in the rolling ATM machine, taking the money, run the shit as quick as they can, and get the hell out, period. That's what they do. Now, I've only been to like 2,000 nationals, so maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. And you know what? The problem is, is that everybody listening to this is going to be like, you know what? Hey, I don't like this guy, or I do like this guy, but they can't disagree with me. But nobody speaks up, dude. No one speaks up. Mm-hmm. So nobody keeps these people honest because it's like, well, I don't, I don't want to get treated bad. I don't want to get called out. I don't want to get a shitty spot. Holy shit, we get a shitty spot anyway. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think... We're,
1: we're, in, we're in Phoenix, okay? At Remix is a paid advertiser, and mind you, I'm speaking on my behalf, not for Remix right now, okay? But I worked for Remix at the time. We're in Phoenix, we set up, and the best spot you could possibly have, you come in the front gate, you hang a right, box is there, and then you go, and what do I see? I see a picnic Costco 10x10 blue tent. People came in, squatters came in, and set up right there. <laughs> Where's Shannon on that deal? How much were those people paying every month to advertise? There's no professionalism. <laughs> it's a joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, I, I I will say I'm not I'm not I'm not peddling backwards or anything. I got better service last weekend in Bakersfield until my disaster and obviously um, I actually yeah, had a decent I spot. I was treated nice and it, it was. I was okay. I was okay with Bak I was okay with with, with what happened at uh, Bakersfield as regards to teams pitch. Sure. And I think there was two kind of things. You could be in the parking lot, and you can have a bit more of a setup. And I could have my van there and right. a nice clean look. And the people that wanted to be near the track, it seemed like worse. So, um, but yeah, that's there, great, dude, but, but, but but there is, like there? I said earlier, there's certain races which I I avoid. You know, Kentucky being one of them because I just know it's a cluster. F and you just can't justify to the the guys that are giving me money to you know it's a big thing for me is right. activation and, and and pits and stuff and it's like I can't justify going to to Kentucky knowing you know how are they just line them up you know in the back of well, the trees. You know?
1: Well, why can't anybody answer this question? Why can't there just be some consistency? Why can't every single race have the same plan? Now I've been told by Shannon, well, you know this been this this venue has a different set of rules and this and this and that and blah. Dude, I'm sorry, I call bullshit, all right? Bottom line is, there's no consistency. And if that venue has a different set of rules, then spread them across the board for everybody and have a consistent plan. Now, that, that place where you're over here at A might be a completely different setup than over here at B. But when you have those differences, be consistent with how you lay people out. Don't just make it, uh, uh, you know, if, if <laughs> jungle rules and just whatever, you know, it's just like, well, you can't be here, you know, blah, blah. Oh, really? Well, what's up with the squatters over there? How come they're there? there. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. You know, I just feel like it's, it's just, it's like asking, the, asking, you know, somebody to do a job for so long and they just continue to not do it. I and pretty soon you just, you just lay them off and you find new people and you can't lay USA BMS off but you can stop going to nationals until they get it you know, but if somebody steps up and has the money and wants to do it the correct way, you're going to have to bring in some professional business people that have not only degrees but have what I call life experience degrees. You know, and they have a, a level of success that can can lend itself to making BMX a better thing because BMX is awesome. BMX racing is great; people love it, and it's great. And I don't think it'll ever go away, even if USA BMX stops doing nationals today. People are going to ride their BMX bikes. People are going to ride tracks, and somebody will step up and and do something. We need another sanction. Period. There needs to be competition. Competition is healthy, you know. Um, or it might go a little I bit know.
0: more like mountain biking. You know, i uh, mountain biking, kind of more regionally. You know, I've I've enjoyed going to the. I've been going to a couple of state races at the end of last year, and, and I've been to a bunch this year. And actually, there's one one next week as well. There's two next week. Actually, there's Bellflower, and I think Lake Paris the following day. Um, I seem yeah. like I the, the, just just kind of looking in and, and watching it, and I've set up the tent um, a couple of times while I've been there, um, it seems like a bit more stuff, you know, it seems more busy in the pits, more people walking around and, and, and checking out stuff, and um, it just seems like a, a good vibe, you know, uh, in and out, same day, yeah. and obviously obviously less expenses it's, for that's me. That's great. And I
1: always hear good stuff about
0: it. Yeah, so for me personally, I kind of like the state stuff. I enjoyed the... The Hall of Fame National, uh, I think it was a Gold Cup Finals in Chula last year. I, I liked it there. You could set up a tent in the nice, nice areas around the, the, you know, Chula Vista uh, around the track and the right. grass, and it was it was it was just a good day. I really enjoyed that uh, that vibe and and that kind of daytime thing. But then I also taking consideration, I'm old. I've been doing this a long time. I don't want to jump on planes anymore. Right. I, I've kind of you know been, been been like like so many others have, have kind of. You choose what you want to do now, um, so that 's maybe right. me being old and not so excited to go to nationals like I was twenty years ago, you know so uh, right. maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe a lot of the newbies do love it still you know and, and are okay with the things that we might be um, um, you know uh, groaning about whatever i mean'
1: that's, that's all that 's all there 's a lot of realism in what you 're saying, but when you reduce it to paper and you look at the actual number of participants that were around twenty five years ago versus today and when you look at the pro racing and you see how many, how just how terrible it is. I mean, like I, I said in one of our podcasts before, you know, somebody can go ahead and just tell me who the number six pro is. I bet you can't. I bet you nobody listening to this. Don't grab phones. Don't Google. Don't ask somebody. Just say, hey, man, who's the number six pro? I bet you can't do it. But I'll bet you in 1982, somebody could have told you who the number 10 pro was. You know, it just hasn't grown, it's digressed. Um, there's no reason for mom and dad to take little Bobby to the track to, to chase a dream when little Bobby turns 16, 17, decides to turn pro. Well, what happens when we're in Phoenix and we're over there watching the podiums and, you know, we're looking at first place 1000 bucks and we'll get a third place 350 bucks? That's a good reason to not think of BMX as a future. You know? I think Mike um, Cruz said it. We, I,
0: we, I spoke about it with Jason on podcast, and Mike Cruz said again. And in, uh, in, you know, Mike can always put that uh, very in between, but very professional take. But he still definitely yeah. agree with what he said yesterday. He's like, you know, some of these guys are waiting for this last Olympics. You know, you kind of type typewriters, and uh, and then they're going to tap out, and nobody's coming through to to take the place at least right. in the US um, men's side. I think you had a few more girls and a junior size coming up the ranks, but there's really going to be nobody taking those guys' places, and it's going to be really right. weird that uh, the U.S. is in, in, in that term. Um, yeah, it's going to be the way it's looking now, and well, what it's really going to know, look after, after uh, the next Olympics, Tokyo.
1: I think you can just spread out the criticism constructively in a lot of different areas, and, you know, I don't know this guy. I'm going to mention him. Quite frankly, I could give a crap what he thinks about what I say, but personally, I don't think Jamie Staff really does much more than collect paycheck. Does he really care about BMX? When is the last time he's been to an actual national? Does he have an emotional vested interest in producing
0: great riders?
1: Because if he does, who's coming down the pike? As soon as Connor and Corbin and some of the guys are gone, who do we have?
0: Yeah, we really don't. Like,
1: it's it's pretty bleak, man. And it's like, what are these guys doing? Other than collecting their paycheck, what are they doing? And if I'm wrong... Prove me
0: wrong right now. Then. No, I think that I think the only hope for the USA cycling part is Tyler Brown is in there and he's still young exactly. enough and he's still on the shop floor. Is um, um, you know he, he's still on the circuit. He's still you know is he, involved <clears throat> sure. in everything. I think he's their only hope. We look at Jamie Harris. Yeah, I think he's maybe on more on cruise control and uh, just wants to get home and have his dinner. You know, so hopefully, uh but pretty much Tyler's. Tyler's input, and they'll they'll utilize having him for, for at least identifying the, 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 the next year of kids, and at least somebody that's in touch with what's really going on, and and right, and and bring So the next- let's
1: take the let's take the scope and and move the circle out more. Let's move it out. Let's make the circle way bigger, mm-hmm. and let's look out into the shadows. When you're having uh, less than 300 tracks in the country, and you have nationals that are having 140 motos the pool of people to pick from becomes pretty bleak. So if you don't have a good local program to foster riders, if you don't have a lot of tracks in the country, and if you don't have, you know, a good amount of riders to pick from, you pretty much wind up, up with nobody to put forward anymore. You, you, you wind up in a situation where it's kind of dying on the vine, which is what is happening right now on every level.
0: hmm I think how
1: many you, U.S. Men, how many U.S. men were in the finals at the last Supercross
0: race? weren't even in the semifinals. They didn't even. And I would, I would say Connor's right. not going this weekend. You know, Corbin can obviously get in there, but I think you could even, regardless of Corbin, you could be looking <clears> at quarters. You know, and that is crazy for for U.S. Yeah, you, you was you was part it of it make. when you'd go to World Championships and there's 20 American dudes that could win. You know, um, right. Definitely different times. I would say you're obviously more. Invested being American and and being one of the guys from those early days that have done it and uh, yeah I, I I still have passion I follow you know uh, GB England you know and uh, you you still right. have that little connection when it's your country you know so I could see. you know
1: there's there the deal I mean I I will admit to this I'm older I, I'm over it I don't my buddy Henry
0: this
1: Henry Paul he's from Germany he's probably listening right now only when you post this but he's like Pillage, I'm, I'm going to be watching this tomorrow morning. I'm getting up at four to watch. And I'm like, good luck, dude. Do me a favor. Um, I don't care, so don't tell me who did what. <laughs> he just thinks that, that I'm crazy. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't find it enjoyment in watching it because when you know too much, you get bothered by a lot of things rather than you, you go from being an enthusiast to being on the inside, and then you see all the problems, and it just pisses you off. So looking at it just pisses you off further, mm-hmm. you know? I would have watched that last race and I would have been like, yo, uh, it's semi time. Where's the Americans at? Oh, good job, USA BMX and US- USAC and all these dudes and Jamie and all. Good job, man. You're bringing a lot of riders up. Cool. We got zero representation. Seriously? You ought to get paid for results. You don't have riders and semis and mains. You didn't get your paycheck last month. You know what I'm saying? No going home to your comfy dinner and your comfortable situation. Produce? Or get the hell out.
0: just yeah, like
1: I, a normal job, right?
0: I think um they've almost skipped a generation, you know, and it's really gonna start yeah, you're gonna see that in the next couple of years, you know. It's uh Yeah, totally. It's especially <clears> throat> <that> throat> Absolutely. We'll, when when Connor's gone, you know, and he's not going this weekend, so I could only uh I'm sure everything's right. in the hands of Corbin. And I don't wanna disrespect the the current US riders. I know there's some young kids trying to to get in there and, and, and climb up the ladder, but at the same, same time, you should have some um, uh, uh, yeah it's different times for Well, US. look, there's,
1: there's, there's tenfold of the great riders where the parents are like, hey, we're bouncing. You know, we're out. You know, well, why, do, why do we want to sacrifice so much so that you can go get fourth place at a, a Supercross race and bring home 350 bucks and uh, you know, put your neck on the line for what? You know, and there's six or seven races a year. So I, I don't really think luck there's luck. anything to attract. There's nothing to attract people to the long-term picture of this situation,
0: you know. And I think you're seeing that now where they've obviously been seeing, reading it, being part of it for these these kids coming up <clears> the last <throat> couple of years. They're, they're tapping out, you see. Yeah. You know, so before the evening.
1: Here, here, here's the visual that I get right now. Here's the visual. You pulled up and the house is on fire. It's too late, dude. It's uh, grab the hose, and you can have 10 fire trucks out there, but at this point, dude, it's got to burn to the ground, and you're just too late. So it's going to burn to the ground in the U.S. It's currently happening, and someone's going to pick it up, and they're going to make something of it. Somebody hopefully will come along who has all the qualifications and some passion, and they'll make it happen. Because USA BMX isn't. They're in the house. They're not even getting out of the house. They're going to burn to the ground with it.
0: You know? Talk, talking of burning That's to the ground, quite... did you see on uh, Facebook floating around the last couple of days there was some coverage? It was in um it was, you know obviously in uh, Brazilian or oh, uh, there was there was uh, a news news clip from the uh, Rio track, which is uh, obviously yeah. almost the same 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 spot as what Beijing was, you know, just overgrown and uh yeah. it seemed like it was uh, all that money. Yeah all that money. So oh, it's wow. somebody somebody tagged me into the Instagram. The same thing was on Instagram. I'm like, I, normally I would repost it or say something, but I'm like, that's not a shocker. It's hard. It's yeah. hard.
1: It's hard to look at. It's sad. Man. Yeah, I just give really
0: thumbs down and carried on with my day. But yeah, it's not a shocker. Right? But it's still sad when you see that, you know. And uh,
1: absolutely, man. Um,
0: absolutely. All right. What uh, oh. shift gears it a little bit. Um, you still ride a bike. You still ride a 20-inch, Greg. Still blast around.
1: I don't ride a 20-inch. I have my bike in the garage, and I just can't even look at it. It's like um, I ride a 29er, and I hop on my motorcycle, on my street bike, and just ride. I just don't really have – I don't have any desire to ride a BMX bike, and it's not because I don't like BMX because I love it, dude. It's in my soul, man. I'll never, ever not love BMX, but after doing it for so long – you know, I'm 55 years old. I'm in good shape, but let's be real. I hit the ground wrong one time and I'm screwed. And, uh, when I ride my mountain bike, my 29er, I'm not going to hit the ground. I'm, I'm, I'm riding fitness stuff, going through the hills, riding some wheelies, this and that. You know, you get onto a BMX bike and here's the problem when you're an old guy. Your brain don't think you're old. Your brain's thinking like it's 20. So it's like, yo, bomb that double. And your body's like, okay, we'll give it a shot. And, uh, you know, you wind up killing yourself. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, and I, I don't want to do that. I, I've done it enough. I don't have any desire to even touch my 20 inch bike. So mm-hmm. it sits.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you, um, you know, I, I play this game with myself a little bit when I'm just daydreaming or um, thinking about yeah. stuff. If you had to go out and buy a bike, a 20 inch, um, support a brand, you know, uh, and rep, rep, rep for somebody, who are some of the brands <clears> that you? would do in today's landscape today's world who, who, who whose bike would you go buy and ride
1: you know i uh, i would buy i mean this is easy for me i would buy a red line and the reason why is because i raced for red line three times mm-hmm. i have great memories over the years uh they make good product yeah they had some struggles i know they did but it seems like they're working mm-hmm. through that and uh i would buy something that gives me the warm and fuzzy feeling. Like some people might say, well, you can buy a GT. And it's like, well, yeah, the problem with GT is, for me, it's not GT anymore, you know? It's a a conglomerate. Where a red line uh, is really, there's still people that work up there that have been around and worked for SBS back in the day, and it's just a red line to me is, that's what I would buy, a red line.
0: Right. I was trying to, you know, for me, I was, I, I like, um I think I would buy um, a cult because you know I'm friends with Neil and I, I love what them guys do. Yeah. It's just a cool brand, Neil and Robbie. Yeah, they're uh, very cool. And yeah. an S and M because, you know, I still still have always been a S and M and fan of molar and just always still still in it and Absolutely. doing it. And uh, but if it yeah. was a high end race and I was gonna clip in and carbon it up and go to the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> I would yeah. uh, my only my only choice would be you know if i if i my relationship ever stopped with uh, with Haro which which I, I don't think it is at the moment I'm, you know it's great um i think yeah. i would i think i would you know chase would be you know f- from Pete and Christopher yeah. i would or at least ask him they could probably tell me no. um but after <laughs> that i after that i would uh, i there's, there's nothing there's nothing maybe dk right. you know like dk uh you know a squared i like john he's cool but there's really not many uh, people you would want, I don't know, it's just di- different times now, so saturated with so many right. different, different things. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it'd be hard to even,
1: Yeah.
0: Who to, tough. Uh, That's tough
1: one.
0: Yeah. Um, what else, what else do we need to talk about, Greg? Um, I think we covered a lot of that stuff. I saw on, Uh, Talking of BMX, you know, when we talk about it numerous times on the podcast, you know, media growing, it needs to to be on TV. And you know, we talked about it yesterday. It's like, well, maybe it doesn't because nobody's watching TV. Um, But I did see it, which is, you know, it's funny. The old school guys can get on the local news, but current racing uh, really struggles for that. I saw on uh, KTLA, I think it is. That must be your news channel over there in uh, LA. They had that. There was there was there was uh, snippets of the uh, the NBL. NBA, the old school reunion, and uh, them guys... yeah, that's
1: coming up next weekend. Yeah, yeah, that was, week. there
0: was some clips from the news on that. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, do you, do you still, do you support that one over there? You go that, that one.
1: I uh, this year I'm going, <clears throat> I'm going Friday night. I haven't gone before. I haven't really gone to too many old school stuff. I've been so been in the industry for so long, and what happens is when I'm in the industry and I'm in the current time and I go to one of these old school events, it's like, I'm not in a very good mental state to just visit the past, you know, it's Mm -hmm. weird. But but now that I'm moving out of BMX, uh, my mind is like, wow, man, I can't wait to go to this thing, because it's cool. Like, I don't work in the industry anymore. And I can just reconnect with people and, you know, doing different things. So I think it's pretty cool. You know, uh, that being on KTLA and promoting that, that's great. As far as is BMX being on TV? I mean, like I, I, my wife and I canceled our cable two weeks ago. We were paying like 160 bucks a month for what, man? We use our Apple TV. So it's like we watch what we want, but BMX, you know, it's, it's not packaged like a show. All right. The, who's going to tune in to watch 200 motos of races and who's going to edit it to where there's only the pros and this and that. I just don't think it being on TV is the answer. Well, the only, the only way to backdoor that is to build it up, get a 1,000 or 2,000 tracks in the country. I've said that before, and people are like, 2,000 tracks, that's not going to happen. Oh, right, well, there's like 5,000 soccer fields in L.A. County, so give me a break, okay? If there's a soccer field or a baseball bat, everywhere you go. 2,000 BMX tracks isn't too much of a stretch, you know? But if you have that, and it started to grow again, then you know, there would be a demand for it. But how do you get people to watch something that they don't have really any experience doing or they didn't do it when they were growing up? They just don't know what it is. You know, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I know. No, I get it. So there's it's no tough, chance you... I don't think
1: that getting it on TV fixes it. You know?
0: So there's no chance you come into... And I know this, uh, the NBA... You know the thing that's coming up on Friday, May seventeenth. I think it said on the news. Yeah, I'll um, be going that, with that one. That's, that's more seventies guys, right? It's it's uh, the real early yeah, that's, crew.
1: That's like that's from day one through the eight, through like early eighties time. You know, like like when I go to that, probably I'll be the only guy that raced through the whole eighties. Most of those guys raced in the seventies and and some of them raced in the early eighties and that, but for the most part, it's the inception of the sport and it's really to honor Ernie Alexander and Suzanne who basically ran the NBA and it's uh, given props to a lot of the people in the industry. Like I know they're going to honor Scott Breidhoff and do like a SE 77 tour reunion thing. So we're going to participate in that. Um, They're going to honor Skip Hess from Mongoose on Saturday at the bike show. And, uh, BMX Society is doing a good job with that. So, you know, that's a good stuff. And I think that in the past, like I said, like, <clears throat> I just look at Eric Group. Like, he doesn't go to any of these things, you know? Oh, well, Eric, yeah. Did, Eric, what,
0: what, how come he doesn't he's know? In,
1: Well, he's in the now. He's racing right now. He's in today. So I don't think it, that while he's in today, I don't think he wants to cross over and go right to that. On the other side, on the flip side of that, none of those people that I'm going to see next Friday night go to the races today, they're moved on and done. It's easy to go back
0: mm-hmm.
1: and participate in an event when you're far removed from that industry. You go in there and you're having just connecting with people and remembering yesterday and it's cool. But when you're working currently in the industry and then you go and it's just different. It just doesn't feel right.
0: So, so you're not be going to the uh Chula Hall of Fame this year? I'm thinking I'm
1: never going to go to that again. Um, <clears throat> I'm thinking after this podcast, I probably won't be let in. But that's fine. Uh, but yeah, I, don't, I don't know you <laughs> like. I know you I, I, really, I really. I, really, yeah, I think it, 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 I don't understand why, but Stump hasn't been put in yet. And I mean, I'd love to see the day he goes in. He definitely deserves it. But uh, I, I, if I was going to go to that, it would probably be just to see him get put in. But I just can't really. Uh, my head around going, so, I don't want to go again. I don't want to sit amongst everybody and be part of the industry. and all. I'm, just, I'm just over it. You know?
0: Why don't you just go and get completely wasted <clears> and <throat> then run up on stage and grab the mic?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everybody would love that. But, um, <laughs> I would have to be wasted to basically decide to go there and do it that way. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't drink alcohol anymore. and uh, <laughs> I use other... Other means to get myself in a place where I'm feeling good, and I just I don't see myself going. I don't think there's enough of anything to put in my body to make me want to go to that.
0: So, so who do you think uh, you know for current races Obviously, we're moving into the uh, I would say the the '90s era now, and I know you're a big stumpy guy. Who do you think Stumpy's the next guy that should be in, or you're going to be else?
1: I just don't really think <clears throat> I don't I can't think of anybody else. What about I mean, the, the guys done? What,
0: what about so much? Current? Thunder and Hayden. I think that Thunder should definitely
1: be in there. I don't know why he's, you know, okay, so here's the deal. The fact that Thunder and Hayden and Stump are not in is a total testament to the fact that these guys are humble. They don't promote themselves. They don't have some campaign. I'm going to get into the Hall of Fame. You just don't hear from them, right? Right. It's like a, it's like a good old boys popularity contest. And, like, unless you're pumping yourself and getting out at races and really putting yourself out there, which is what you got to do, because again, the USA BMX doesn't promote the history of the sport. You know, <clears throat> I'll give you an example. USA BMX will come out with, like, oh, the top 50 pros of all time. And they'll only yeah. have,
0: like, they'll
1: only have ABA guys in there. Okay. So, give me an example. I'll give you an example. And this is me being real right now, man. Like, I'm not trying to say, like, anything like I'm butthurt or whatever. I really don't care. But the funny part is, you got guys that made the top 10 that have never won a championship or a world title. I've won 10 number one pro titles yeah. and five world titles in over 250 races. And I, was in, and I was the last guy on the list, the 50th guy.
0: <laughs> right?
1: and, and there's guys in the top 10 that have never won a championship. They, they'll say... Here's the stats for the winning riders, and they'll just have ABA in it. Yeah. Right? But what happened to NBL? You know, what happened to USBA? What happened to UBR, NPSA? What happened to NBA, right? I mean, in 1979, I won the NBA national number one title. That's like winning the amateur ABA title. They'll never talk about that. You know what I'm saying? It's like... So it's just a joke. They don't educate people on the history of the sport. They only talk about USA BMX, you know? And that's another reason why it's tough for me to go. When I see guys like uh, – I'm not going to say names because I won't help myself here by doing that. But when I see people that are in there that get put in who I'm thinking to myself, seriously? Like, are you kidding me? Like, this guy is in and Danny Nelson, who's won a UCI pro title, an NBL pro title, and an ABA pro title. He's not in there. What's wrong with this picture?
0: Danny is one of the few guys yeah. who won everything. So he should yeah, you know, and I, I think and, you and definitely time, you, you hit the nail on the head. And Hayden's exactly the same. Hayden doesn't uh, very very humble and very quiet online. And they, obviously, they, Danny's they, they non-existent. Those, yeah, right. Danny.
1: If they do, if they do care, they're not showing it. But you know what? They're just chill. They're cool. And I'm sure that that the three of those guys will will ultimately be there but in the time frame of which they've been put in, it just makes no sense to me at all. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. You don't, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't put guys in that, that haven't done anything on the level of those three that we just named. You just
0: don't. you know? uh, And Ali A as well, you know? I think uh, another, right. another game, yeah. cha- game changer. Well, he's, you
1: know? he's a humble guy, and he's not self-promoting. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. He,
1: uh, he's, he's one of the greatest bicycle riders I've ever seen in my life is was amazing you
0: know so let's uh, anyway. let's finish off with um, you You listen to other podcasts like not not necessarily BMX but uh, other stuff
1: I listen to Joe Rogan a lot I like uh, I like the guests that he has and you know a lot of the topics they talk about I'm a huge MMA fan so I like fighting and you know, it's hard to keep up with Joe so. Rogan,
0: is His podcasts are so. I, I take. I really have to choose who I listen to on his. I'm currently halfway through yeah. Russell Brand, uh, which I like because the guy's funny. Uh, but Joe Rogans are so they're right. so good, but they're so long, you know. So it's hard to. He bangs you know, well, out like we three were, a week.
1: We basically pick and choose like what you're saying, and then we always watch them at night. So we'll we'll lay in bed, we'll just put it on, and we'll just like watch it until we pass out or whatever. But there's a lot of guests I don't really want to hear about and there's guests that I want to hear about, so you pick and choose, but kinda of cool to listen to listen to it. You know? Yeah.
0: Just, you know Mike incredible. Tyson's doing a I mean everyone does podcast now, which dude, Oh man, it's awesome dude. Yeah, I just awesome. listened to my first one. I listened to Piers Morgan yesterday, so I like I like him so uh, he always speaks up so I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah
1: that's that's Tyson's is cool and I, I like it. It's it's pretty cool. I know it's new, but I think the guy's a good personality, you know?
0: Yeah. What about uh BMX? Do you listen to um Obviously, there's not too many in racing. You've got Tori. Does uh, the younger guys do a coffee chat and then obviously Rail the Mom? Do you listen to that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're killing me. Um, I I just don't, man. I don't. I don't really... Like, you know, I don't want to... <laughs> I don't know how to make this sound good, but I just, like, have done it for so long, man. It's like the guy that goes... And he's a roofing contractor. And he just does roofs
0: every day. And he right, comes home yeah, and his own yeah. roof is leaking. And he doesn't want to work on it because that's
1: all he does all the time. Well, it's like, like when me, you see an old
0: school friend that you haven't seen in 30 years that, that wasn't part of BMX, but then you, you bump into him or you talk to him on Facebook and they want to talk about BMX. And it's like, you really don't, you want to actually know how they're doing or you want to talk about some old right. like, fun school things, but they want to kind of catch up on BMX. And you're like, man, I just talked about no, BMX. I
1: don't. <laughs> I don't mind that so much because they probably aren't in the industry and haven't done it forever. So you can have like a, a five minute recapper and move on. Right. You know? um, but, you know, it's like, I don't like, I, like, for instance, I don't want to be like uncle Rico, you know, I don't like <laughs> to be like, dude, if they would have just put me in, man, I could look, I could throw this football over the other side of that mountain. You know, if coach would have just put me in. right. Th- that's why I don't like going to the hall of fame because I go to the hall of fame. First of all, anybody, Anybody that bags on me for not wanting to go, um, let me put it this way. I've been to like 20 of them, okay? I've been to 20 Hall of Fame ceremonies. Who listening to this can say that, right? Yeah,
0: he so see. Here's the time. deal.
1: You go every year, and it's like going to your high school reunion everywhere. Every year, you turn around, you get a drink, you turn around, you bump into somebody you haven't seen since the last year, and you have the same conversation <laughs> about the same thing, dude. And it's <laughs> like, whoa, And I'm over it. I don't really want to do that no more. I'm over it. I don't want to have that same retreaded conversation. I don't want to... I'm doing different things now. You want to talk to me about, um, you know, doing uh, epoxy coatings and uh, floor systems and garages and decks? Oh, man, I'm into it. It's cool. But I haven't done that for 40 years,
0: Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, no, I get it. I
1: I, I, I do it now, and and, and it's fun. and It's a, it's a, a way to make a little extra money, but I enjoy it. But the BMX thing, I love BMX. It's just I'm at a point where... You know, I don't. I don't want to talk about it all the time anymore. I'm kind
0: of just burned out on it. You know. Yeah. No, I get it. So we won't be seeing you on um, on on Saturday. We got a PK is uh, a, is is a old school ride with. A, uh, I'm actually going to go check it out. I think Eddie King texted me yesterday. You're.
1: You see, the only way I'll go on Saturday is if somebody kidnaps me on Friday night. But uh, <laughs> like, I'm going Friday night, and you know, I I kind of might want to go Saturday. Who knows what's going to happen, but. It, the, the point is, is the guys that we're going to go see are people that I grew up with in my early days, which influenced me to want to be somebody in BMX. I mean, I grew up as a little kid thinking David Clinton was just so pro, and he was, and right. I wanted to be like David. You know? yeah. Now I'm friends with David, and it's like really awesome.
0: Well, that's like kind of me for me, my ear, or my, me for when I see, you know, you guys. So I still like it when I see Mike Miranda. I always love talking to you and Eddie King, and you know, because you're the guys that, yeah. And that's obviously the same for you, those, so, those early guys Can I throw you. a question at you? Yeah.
1: Can I um, throw a question your way? Yeah. What was it like for you to come from England, having seen all the guys in the magazine, and wind up rooming with, and racing with, and being on the same team, it's Gary Ellis.
0: It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I actually, um, I don't know if you you know, Gary's on Facebook. I, I talked to him a little bit. Yeah. On, on Facebook, yeah. and you know, I put in. I don't know. I don't know how much you want to get involved, and I can see he's kind of sitting back, maybe not on there all the time, and diving into conversations. But I said, hey, if you listen to podcasts, you ever into it? If if you ever want to do one, I'm ready. And he's like, you know, I'm not ready yet because. But when you, but when I'm ready, I'll give you a shout. You know, so. Um, well, don't ask him.
1: Just yeah. Tell him because <laughs> we want to. We want to hear
0: it. Yeah, he's he's, a, he's Absol- amazing. Yeah. Absolutely, and you know, absolutely amazing to to come here and to see all you guys and meet you guys and be friends with you guys and travel with you guys and, and Gary especially. You know, it was it was old, you know like yourself. And then Gary going on to be you know being in the car with him and Charles and Danny and, and yeah, Romero, and totally. then Gary yeah. ended up being my team manager at Nerve so I got to spend more time with him. even even after, G- after GT, so. Um, yeah, I would love to sit and uh, to do it, or even just sit and have a beer with Gary and just talk, man. Because there's so many, um, yeah, yeah quite cool. just just good guys, and uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing, amazing, <clears throat> That's awesome, man. amazing That's times, you cool. know. And I I hope that. The younger kids today um, will, will be able to experience that, you know, through you know their heroes and pros, providing there will be some in the next, you know, five ten years. You know, hopefully that yeah, absolutely, you know, there was some, oh. some guys for them to look up to. You know, looking a little bleak for sure. Greg, all right, uh, that was good talking. We uh, we, we uh, I, I think we got some good stuff in. And uh, anything you want to finish? I cl- can I close? Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely close it up. I-
1: I don't have this uh, rehearsed, dude. This is is a little emotional, so I'll try my best. Um, you know, like, I don't think I'll be at another national anytime soon. Probably never again. Uh, I spent my whole life in BMX. I, I don't hate BMX. And personally, I don't have any personal hatred towards anybody. What I'm trying to do is voice out my opinions on how I feel the sport has been managed. And I'm only being honest, okay? I grew up in the sport. I went to school and... When I was young and I was riding my bike around my neighborhood, I threw my leg over my bike when I was a little bit just less than four years old. And I started riding. I was fighting every day, every single day. I got kicked out of school. I went to three different schools in elementary. Um, I lived in Santa Ana. Okay, there was a lot of gangs and stuff. I just fully know that if I wouldn't have found BMX Racing, that I wouldn't be here right now. I would be, have checked out long ago. I love BMX. I've been all over the world racing my bicycle. I have met such cool people. I have friendships all around the States, all around the world. I would never trade anything for my BMX life, my experience. I'm grateful to all the track operators, all the fans, all the sponsors I've had, all the friends I've had, I have that I'm going to continue to stay connected to. Uh, And, uh, you know, I just want to wish everybody the best of luck, man. And, uh, and keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to go off and, and make a new, uh, a new chapter. So I am grateful. And, uh, you know, I'll come back and visit you again. And we'll do more updates later. And, uh, you know, but thank you for having me on. And thank you to the Sport of BMX.
0: Yeah, and, no problem, uh, you know, Greg. It's, on, uh, onward and upward, man. Absolutely. Good luck in the future. And um, we will get this up as soon as possible. Thanks, Greg. Always good talking. I'm sure we'll talk again in the next couple of days. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see everybody next time. Cheers.
1: All right, guys. Take care, man. Peace out. See ya. Thanks.